This is the Go Radio Football Show, talking all things Scottish football. Let's go! Good evening, and now it's just five points separating Celtic at the top and the Challengers Rangers, who have a one game in hand. And that could narrow to two points if Rangers beat St Mirren on the early kickoff in Paisley on Saturday before Celtic's three o'clock against Ross County. Leanne Crichton is back with us, along with Andy Walker, and you can speak to both of them. 0808 17 17 700. Andy, last night, 3-0 to Rangers. Comfortable win against one of your old clubs. Yeah, I thought they played well. That can be a difficult venue. Um, I know that Hibs maybe didn't have their, their full squad to choose from, but I thought it was very impressive. Rangers played well, scored good goals. And, uh, yeah, the gap is reduced to five. Yilmaz, Todd Cantwell and Desert. So, goals from all over. Silva played from the start, came really close a couple of times. He did, yeah. No, and it shows, I think, there was a bit of pressure on Rangers last night. They've had to wait a long time to, to play catch-up with that fixture. So, I think all eyes were on it in terms of would they close the gap. And, as you say, Paul, goals came from all over the pitch, which I'm sure will please the manager. I think that pleases any side as well when it, it takes the pressure off the front players. But I agree with Andy, I thought Rangers played well and yes, you can speak about Hibs in terms of their team selection and players' availability um, but it was a good win for Rangers, no in, doubt. In the other game last night, 1-1 St Johnson against Aberdeen and there's a bit of VAR controversy which we'll come to during the programme tonight. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Six days to go in the window and uh, two months to go for you Leanne you're looking great we've not seen you for a couple of weeks baby due middle of March you're yeah. keeping well no really yeah. well yeah it's been a brilliant Christmas and, and New Year um, starting to try and, and wind down a little bit now um, the nesting period is well and truly over so no looking to kick back and relax I'll certainly enjoy transfer deadline day hopefully with my feet up and just keep ticking away yeah the, the work's been good following the football being out and about at the grounds and the um, Scottish Cup weekend was excellent out of the Spartans Hearts game then Celtic Bucky Thistle on Sunday um, back in the studio this weekend so all good and the women's final the Sky final which is not actually on Sky there's good news though for Brian Graham the Patrick Thistle striker and of course the manager as well of the Jags good news today yeah he'll be delighted that the, the fixture has been confirmed now for the 24th of March so it won't clash with the the men's fixture on the Saturday which is only right it's an incredible achievement for Partick Thistle I think the first time for the women's side of course to reach a, a National Cup final I think the first time in 53 years any Partick Thistle side is in that type of cup competition as well so it's huge for the club and certainly for Brian they're having a fantastic season and it would have been a tragedy for him if he was forced to choose between his, his own game and, and the women's game certainly in the afternoon so a busy weekend coming up for him in March Common sense from the SFA that yeah. they've moved us that's good news I think also for the fans to, the fans to get yeah. along as well you of know Partick Thistle yeah. will take a, a good crowd as they always yeah. do up to Abroath on the Saturday and then you would hope that they'll go and back that up the Jags and, and certainly travel to Tynecastle on the Sunday and support the women's side not, not often you hear that common <laughs> sense <laughs> from <laughs> the governing football. body I saw your eyebrow uh, rise yeah. it's interesting in the in the office beforehand everyone was chatting about it and about the delivery and you were getting uh, just people telling you about their experiences of you know do you know if it's going to be a boy or a girl or whatever so every, everyone's saying that sit down Leanne but you're standing at the moment are you yeah. okay in the studio? Oh yeah. I'm good yeah good. no I'm great the, yeah. the, the best I feel is, is when I'm always on the move which is yeah. the worst thing that Marianne certainly hears every day from me is that I need to keep <laughs> moving and doing things as I constantly get told to relax so um, no it's good nothing it really feels like it's changed 
everyone's talking about the transfer window. This has been one of the quietest north and south of the border, but here in Go Radio, we're mainly interested in north of the border. What's the word from Celtic? Well, today they have rebuffed an approach from Atletico Madrid. We talked about it last night, a loan deal with an option to buy in the summer. It was probably never going to happen, was it, that to the Celtic fans, if they lost Matt O'Reilly, uh, they would not be happy. This is what Brendan Rodgers was saying today about not selling their best players. Well, they, they won't be gone. It's, it's as simple as that. January is a month, which is a difficult month anyway, whether it's bringing players in or or looking to sell players. But it's it's not something that we we want to do. And uh, and as I said, it's it's understandable the the, the question, but not uh, we've got no interest in that. And he spoke a bit more about Matt O'Reilly. Listen, it's it's one of the things that I've been really impressed with. Matt has is his mentality, how he approaches his profession. You know the professionalism, and also the um, obviously I think also the respect he has here for uh, for Celtic. We obviously had an opportunity in the the summer, but he was he's very happy to extend here and be here, which is great. And obviously, you know, Atletico Madrid is a is a huge club, and um, but he also knows he's in a great place here. He's really kicked on this season in his progression, and uh, and he wants to continue with that. So uh, and for us, as I said, we've got no want to sell we've got no need to and um, he'll be here for the second part of the season Andy it sounds as though the club and the player in a good position on this there's no they don't seem to be in a rush to sell him no not at all and it would be madness to to sell a player of that uh, quality at this stage of the season when uh, you know your your biggest rivals look to be strengthening in, in this window we've no idea what Atletico Madrid offered but I mean, Matt O'Reilly, I think, has been the best player in Scotland so far this season. And I think he showed that in the Champions League. And he showed it against Atletico Madrid. His link-up play with Kyogo for some of the goals was was really quite special. But it's just been a, a very quiet window. You know, Celtic were speaking about trimming the squad, never mind, you know, bringing players in. But uh, nothing as yet seems to have happened. I know Kwan has, has gone to St Mirren. Montgomery has gone to Motherwell on loan. But... No sign of anyone else leaving and uh, surprisingly, I thought Celtic would have done a bit of business to bring one or two in, maybe another midfielder, maybe another striker, but um, well, there's still time, but uh, we'll see what happens in the next week or so. Of course, six days to go. It's You would expect some signings, people out and in. Specifically, what about Matt O'Reilly? He has been best player in the country so far. Yeah, for me, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I think it's a big statement from... Celtic not to to let him go, which I I understand what Brendan Rodgers is saying, but I, I think for the player it's still a a huge move to to even have toyed with the idea of going at this stage of the season. Um, I don't doubt his professionalism, I don't doubt his mentality, um, but I still think it's one that, as we know in football, things can change quickly. Whether that's a, an injury form, and in, in all of a sudden the landscape completely changes, will that offer still be there for Matt O'Reilly in the summer if he keeps up the current form absolutely I don't doubt that I think more from Celtic it's a statement with regards to probably the fact that it has been a quiet transfer window they've not brought in reinforcements they've not cleared out the squad the way they had spoken about doing and I think if you let Matt O'Reilly go the Celtic fans would be absolutely up in arms about it because he has been their top performer and it probably tells you that Brendan Rodgers is not overly confident with the midfield that he has got 
minus a Matt O'Reilly. So he's a huge player. He will be a huge player. Um, and the Celtic fans must be delighted that the club have come out and, and reinforced that today. More on that in a moment or two. And more from Brendan Rodgers. You won't want to miss this. He's speaking about the transfer window and developing players. And we'll talk about Rangers in a moment. Seema out for two to three months. Andy, you've got breaking news though of an international player that has played two major uh, occasions at Rangers two spells Stephen Davis yeah one of the one of the really great players for Rangers over the last number of years Stephen Davis he's announced his retirement from football he's 39 I know yeah. he had some uh, injury problems very recently he of course took over Rangers for a short spell mm -hmm. um, but no it was his playing career that really stood out and it was the fact that he made so many appearances for Northern Ireland I think it's something around 140 caps it is truly remarkable for any player to be available uh, that often for so long and a real tribute to him because he, he was very successful. Always so calm, class act, wasn't he? Mm. And he had so much energy, which was still there until that injury last year. Brilliant footballer, top professional as well. Um, when you look at the, the way in which he's conducted himself and played the game, supported others, I think, looked from the outside, certainly like a good teammate. I think when you hear people speak about him, even most recently, I think Ross McCausland was interviewed and, and asked him who his hero was when he arrived at Rangers. And, Stephen Davis was the only player he spoke about and says that, you know, every young boy and girl effectively in, in Northern Ireland, that's where their go-to yep. as well. Um, as Andy says, to be fit and available for your national team as well as often mm. as he was and the longevity that he had in his career. It's just a shame that it's taken that injury and he's almost been in the background for, for some time now and he's not been able to probably end his career um, yep. the manner in which he would have liked to. It's a great run though, isn't it? 39. Oh, isn't yeah. it? Phenomenal. Fantastic. Yeah. Couldn't have done it. I mean, I remember yeah. getting to 34, 35, my body was telling me enough was enough. So uh, to get to, to 39, at, at that level, I mean, he's still playing at the top level. Fantastic for him. Well, the Ballymena boy, because that's where he was born, yeah. of course, in Northern Ireland, has just said, it's such a special football club, Rangers. It goes without saying, I'm going to miss it, but I've had an incredible time here. And also with Northern Ireland, 140 games. It's just, he's the most capped player, um, men's player, on uh, the island or you know in the British Isles yeah, mm -hmm. just uh, absolutely remarkable so that's the breaking news and uh, you both know him you've uh, watched him for years we all have so Stephen Davis we wish him all the very best Stephen Davis MBE of course a great a great player he was at Fulham as well and he, was, he did well down there didn't he yeah and I just wonder back. what I mean yeah. I know he had that short spell in charge of Rangers you yeah. just wonder if he's going to continue down that coaching management uh, route and uh, if he does I'm, I'm sure he'll be I'm sure he'll be inundated with some offers he was at Aston Villa as well, when you think back. Uh, Southampton, nearly 200 games. And then the two spells at Rangers, 2012 to 2019. And uh, then back to Rangers on loan and then converted to a full signing 2019 until, well, today. And Rangers were great with him as well, I think, mm. in that there was he was getting the best treatment, but we weren't sure if he would come back. Because at 39, no. it's pretty difficult. No, I think for, he's... Yeah. he's relationship with the club as well is the reason why he's, he's remained there um, beyond the, his injury and his rehab and as Andy mentioned stepping in and filling that managerial hotspot um, for a short time but I, I, he, he strikes me as a player that was obsessed with the game I don't think you play until 39 without being obsessed so I would be surprised if you don't see him uh, somewhere in a coaching pathway a management job and he remains in the game because he just strikes me as somebody that probably couldn't live without that football fix every day. For sure. Let's go back to transfer window then. So that's the news today on Matt O'Reilly. Celtic have rejected uh, a bid and he's going nowhere until at least this summer. Here's a bit more from the manager. Yeah, yeah, well, there was that, but uh, but Matt's obviously a player that we 
we don't want to lose and he won't be going anywhere in, in January. So, uh, no, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Listen, I think it's a great testament to, to him and, and obviously what the club uh, can do for a player. You know, he's, he's, he's made his first international cap this, full international caps this season and um, obviously a club like Atletico Madrid is... Uh, is, is a big club in European football. So, um, but no, he, he's very much a part of what we're doing. He's he's been a joy to work with, and um, had a good chat with Matt this morning. And it's uh, he, he's someone that uh, will be here for us for the second part of the season. So he's going to be here. Who is going to come in? That's the question now. The countdown's on, but it seems really quiet at the moment. One final piece from the manager. On transfers, yeah, yeah, no, both. I think I'm I'm prepared for hopefully being able to to, to bring some players in to to add to the squad, um, but like I said, on on the same token, it's it's it, it's how I work. My my faith and trust in to develop players and the players that are here is very much there, and that's that's what I'll also look forward to. I understand the need for for progression. I understand. 100% what the team needs in order to improve. Um, so like I said, I don't want to be in a rush to, to just bring in a player. It always has to be the right player. And also I'm, I'm, I'm conscious here, I want to be here for a period of time as long as of course I'm successful. So I want to also create an opportunity for young players to come through here. You know, everyone talks about signings and bringing people in. And, and I always say you might have someone within your academy, but you need to have the space for those players to flourish and, and develop. So, um, so yeah, I hope that we can add to the, the group. I'd be confident that we can. But also on the same token, I'm, I'm someone who wants to develop the talents that are here and, uh, and continually grow them. Leanne, what are you thinking? That I'm unsure if his actions align with his words in that press conference today and you only need to go back as far as Sunday uh, to the side that started against Bucky Thistle, which I don't debate to a point because I think there's a level of professionalism in, in treating that fixture with the respect that it deserves. It's off the back of the the winter break. You're yeah. looking to get back up to speed. Um, fans are coming out, they're paying their money. They want to see the best players. I totally get it. But there was a lot of questions asked at the weekend as to why there was no players ticking those boxes that Brendan Rodgers speaks about, development players, i.e. Rocco Vata comes off the bench, totally get that as well. Daniel Kelly, come on. You've got guys like Mikey Johnson still on the bench. David Turnbulls that don't appear at all. Alexandra Burnaby doesn't come on at all. Um, Ralston, don't see him. Greg Taylor has played virtually every game this season, plays the entire game, so you don't freshen things up there. I don't see an awful lot of signs that, that tell me that Brendan Rodgers is really interested in developing players just now, which is fine. <laughs> but, but don't come out and say one thing and then do something completely different. He, he, he used to say, we need quality. Yeah. There was no no mention of that today. Mm. So you, you just wonder if things have changed sure. or work with what I've got. Hopefully they'll keep players like mm. um, O'Reilly and other yeah. uh, important players, Carter Vickers, who... You want to be back fit because he obviously makes the team a lot better. But um, people like Liam Scales, who I th I think it's the easiest thing to extend his contract. It hasn't happened I'm, yet. Hasn't happened. Yep. Uh, I've no idea why. I mean, I'm sure he wants to stay. I'm sure he wants to flourish. I'm sure he wants to play in a winning team. And uh, the transformation that he 
has made in the last number of months as a Celtic player. Not just a not just a guy who's filled in for, for someone at centre back. This this guy's been really consistent. And I, I I thought it might have been the easiest thing to do to extend his contract and give a, a bit bit of good news to the, the Celtic support. But um Always very difficult to bring young players through. You've seen that throughout the years. The the, the level of competition, the demand for success. Um, I know that Callum McGregor, James Forrest, they they've been exceptional. Um, but it's a it's a really tall order for the likes of, you know, Vata, Mikey yeah. Johnson to to come through and to be part of a. If you're playing a really big game, they've got to be on the team sheet. I, you don't see that with those names. And we know this is the biggest title ever in Scotland 35 to 40 million for whoever wins the cinch title this year because of the expanded Champions League come September so maybe it's going to be a really busy six days at Rangers there's been chat about Yilmaz we thought he was on his way out uh, a month ago well he played again last night and he scored here's his manager yeah of course and uh, otherwise he would never be on the pitch if I see something else he will never step on the pitch or be in the selection that's clear. We can only work and win games with, with players who are involved with the club and give everything. Is that a guarantee that a player is here next week? That you never know. And it's with every position on the field. But as long as they are players of, of Rangers, they need to give their best and then I will give them chances. But it's transfer market. There are a lot of rumours. I have to say a lot of wrong rumours much more wrong than right but I cannot go into detail because then uh, I'm talking all the time about rumours and I prefer to talk about football and work with my players to make them better Rumours, who would believe it? So, <laughs> what do you make on, on Yilmaz? It's, Staying maybe? It, well, look, there's, it could be a long six days yeah. uh, a lot can happen in that time um, but he certainly tidied up his form his consistency levels he looks much more confident even looking at the, the smile on his face last night he grabs the goal yeah. He must feel now like he's contributing to the side, which when you're, you're out in the cold and you're on the bench and you're only getting a, a cameo now and again, it's really difficult to integrate and, and feel part of things. So he looks to me like he's grown, he's developing. A number of weeks back, I, I, you know, I think I said that you could see the element of the, the project in him, perhaps why they, they had paid a bit more money for him, thinking he was a player that they could go and develop. And the fact that there's transfer speculation around him probably tells you what other clubs must think of him as well because we've not seen an awful lot of him based in form. I know he's international future. He's looking towards the Euros in the summer as well. So um, look, I think he's he's probably a 50-50 just now because I th the, the speculation around the transfer window has been pretty heavy. Um, there's been a lot of discussion. I don't think there's any smoke without fire when it's like that. But whether he feels he can play enough between now and the summer that he could get to the Euros and be part of that international team um, only time will tell Andy Mohamed uh, Diomandi no word yet but it looks as though that deal is done the midfielder coming in from Denmark well that is some serious business for any club uh, to spend that amount of money at this stage of the season Rangers are, are really going for it they're, they're improving under this uh, new manager of course the big disappointment was losing to Celtic again and that's what they um, that's what they need to really uh, improve, get one over in Celtic. And so far, it hasn't looked likely. Uh, Brendan Rodgers seems to have their number again. So Rangers, I, I think, are, are going for it. That is uh, some serious money to to spend on a, a a player in this window. Just before the game last night, he confirmed about Sima, which we've known for a couple of days. Probably he's going to be out for some time. This is what he said at Easter Road after the game. The surgery went well. Uh, the surgeon was was pleased. How it went, everything went good. 
So it will be in between two or three months that he will be out. Andy, long time for somebody who's here on loan and who is playing so well. Yeah, he started, I think, really quietly. Uh, we were unconvinced about him as we were with so many of the Michael Beale signings. But I think it has to be said that Philippe Clement has, has improved Rangers as a team. He's improved some individuals. He was one of them, Seema. He's got great pace. Uh, he was scoring goals regularly and a big blow to lose any player like that who you obviously think could uh, contribute in the second part of the season. It's a blow for Rangers, isn't it? Because he's been a one of the one of the shining lights of that Michael Beale summer of spending. Mm-hmm. No, he definitely needs he's proved that with his goals and his contributions. Mm-hmm. His assist, I think, is a different type of player. I think when you've got that level of pace and physicality, the aerial ability that he's shown at times as well, he was certainly an asset to Rangers. And and when you you couple that with the fact that they're already without Danilo and Roof and players also from that midfield to to forward line. It's, of course, a huge blow. <laughs> you don't want to have to keep buying players to replace players in the transfer window through injury. Um, and when you look at that two to three months, if it's towards the three months element, you're looking at April time. You know, Will there still be a title race come April? Of course, you would like to think so. Um, but again, a lot can change in that kind of two to three month period. It sure can. Andy, um, Liam's been on saying, do you think because Celtic won the derby, that they feel they've got a really strong squad, they'll get some players back uh, from the Asian Cup, etc., in the next few weeks, and that yeah. they've got enough in the squad to win this title because they cannot afford to lose it. Well, they can afford it financially, but they're in the box seat. Everyone, at the everyone takes their lead from the manager. Yeah. And when you heard him almost pleading, um, you know, in the, the last number of months, we need quality. And you thought it would come in the, the next window, which has obviously been over the last uh, few weeks. And we've, Still got a week to go. And I think a lot of Celtic supporters expected some serious business to be done. You mentioned it, Paul. This is a, a such a huge title to win. Financially, it sets you apart from everyone else. It, it makes the gap even bigger. Makes it If Celtic were to win this, much more difficult for, for Rangers to get, um, to get back in amongst it because Celtic financially, even now, they are so much stronger than Rangers. But to win it again pushes them even further away. I don't think you can dis- disagree yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, it's a huge title, of course it is, and, and for us in, in the media, you know, covering these games, you would like it to go the whole way, but the financial motivation is one thing, but we know in the West Coast of Scotland, it never needs a financial yeah, motivation sure. to, to want to be the side that comes out and top. But when you look at the Celtic squad, um, and certainly the players that have taken back, Maida, O, Yang, Hitati, the likes... Um, for me, they, they do still have the strongest squad and it's going to take some doing from Rangers to, to certainly cement their place with that type of squad. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Talking all things Scottish football. Let's go! It's the Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney, Leanne Crichton and Andy Walker. We're going to take some calls shortly. You're calling in 08 08 17 17 700. Give us your WhatsApps or join us on the socials at Go Football Show. In the last half hour, the breaking news is that Stephen Davis has retired after, well, an illustrious career. Fulham, Southampton, Aston Villa, most importantly for us in Scotland, at Rangers. So he got an injury, what, over a year ago. He's battled to come back. He was the interim manager for a couple of games uh, just a couple of months ago before Philippe Clement arrived. But he retires, Andy, with distinction. I think one of those guys yeah. who just immediate respect as soon as he comes into the dressing room, anyone wanting to improve, develop, learn as a player, any young guy, you just look up to him because he's done it at club level and to do it uh, as much as he did at international level, uh, 
tremendous career. And we wish him all the very best. And Leanne, he may come back into management. I know it was a short spell with Rangers, but he, he just stepped into the breach when Michael Beale had gone. Yeah, I think he, he must have plans, surely, um, to remain in coaching, whether he, he looks to step straight back into another club, another opportunity. Um, but I would be really surprised if, if we don't see Stephen Davis at some point, you know, in a, a capacity of, of a coach or a manager at the highest level, because his drive, his determination, his professionalism, his mentality, everything that he's shown in his career indicates to me that he could go on and, and also have a very good career like that. John has been on a Celtic fan saying, what is happening? Now, there's six days to go and Celtic could make some more signings. They need a striker. I think everyone agrees. I ask you every time, Andy, you were on just a few days ago. Leanne, you would think cover for Kyogo or do they have someone in the house? No, I think they need. I think they need one more, um, and I'm I'm sure they would. The Celtic support would love another couple of reinforcements elsewhere. Just being at Celtic Park and and Sunday, hearing a couple of fans speaking about Greg Taylor, who I mentioned earlier on as well, who has played every game this season. Um, there doesn't really seem to be another option there at fullback as well, but definitely up top, it has been the one position that O has had a number of opportunities. He's not really hit the ground. He doesn't come in and, and grasp that opportunity. He looks to me like a player that probably needs to play week in, week out and continually play to, to try and build that form and get better and he just won't get that opportunity with Kyogo available. So I think Celtic do need reinforcements up I, top. I, I'm just surprised at the narrative that Brendan had for, for, for a few weeks. We need quality. We need players in. And now it's, I'm happy to develop players, as he said before, but he's, he's, uh, he's penning that line. And... You know the 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 we need quality was it was really strong and it, I felt as though it was really loud. We're desperate for quality and I want to work with quality, but maybe things are different now. Hey, listen, and I get it, Paul. There's another mm. week to go, sure. and you might still get that type of quality that he was referring to after those uh, defeats against uh, Kilmarnock and Hearts. Michael's been on as well saying, can we hear? What did he say then? So that was early December after those defeats. This is what he said about what to expect and what he was looking for. No, listen, supporters have every right to, to, to ask and demand for, for the highest level expectations and that's what we, uh, that's what we demand here also. So, um, so yeah, I think, that, I think there was an anticipation in the summer that a number of players were going to move on. So replacement players were brought in that, uh, that were ready to come in and develop. But that didn't happen. And then we, we end up with a, a bigger squad than what we anticipated. But there's no doubt going forward now, the one, the, the squad will will come down in numbers and obviously we need to add quality. Like I say, there's there's no dressing up. You know, we, um, the for the group, lost real quality players in, in the summer. So that's something over the, the coming windows that we uh, will look to improve on. They haven't been replaced yet, have they, when you're talking about the likes of um, Jota, no. for example. No, look, it was strong comments at, at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think we all spoke about that. Whether there's been a different type of conversation now at the club that players are back in the mix and of course the players will come back from the Asian Cup and again that injects a new energy back into the, the squad. Perhaps it's a bit more settled. I think the, the discussion around Matt O'Reilly as we touched on earlier on, I think the fact that you guarantee that he remains at the club as well is, is a huge player. Maybe the Celtic board have looked at it and went, do we really need to add quality 
because when you look across the city, maybe they feel that the, the group of players that they've got in terms of their strongest 11 and a squad to bolster that is enough to get them over the line this season. Maybe they've not seen enough signs that, that Rangers really are going to come and, and put enough pressure on them. I just it's think it's a huge close. gamble, Leanne. It is, no, if, of course it is, Andy, but you, that's business. If you don't get a striker in in this window, mm. and you, you know, listening to what Brendan Rodgers was saying there, Paul, he said in the coming windows, you immediately think, right, the next window, I mean, Celtic have got the money to spend on a a starting a living ready type of player, type of striker. Uh, Brendan Rodgers will know a lot of players who would be available down south. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a big gamble if you don't get another striker of, of some quality in before this window is out. Can you imagine... They don't, and oh, uh, sorry, Kyogo gets injured. Wow, what a chance you're taking. I think even on Sunday there was an element of that risk as well, Andy. When you looked at it, he took a knock early on in, in the game, certainly limped and, and hobbled about for a bit. Then he kind of sparks into life, but he's had that shoulder injury, which we know yeah. he's due to have an operation probably at the end of the season. But whether that's something that can be managed until the end of the season, especially if he doesn't have a reinforcement there that at times you can take him in and out of the team. So... It is a gamble. I, I totally agree with that, but I just wonder why we haven't seen more action from Celtic. Michael's been on the socials as well, saying, "And Gikamakis, he wasn't. He was a great foil for Kyogo. Scored a lot of goals, a lot of important goals, Andy. But they've never replaced him. No, not that. Well, maybe O is regarded as that yeah. type of player, but I don't think he's the same quality. Um, and uh, you keep mentioning the same things. This is a massive title to be playing for, and." I think Rangers are going to win their games in hand. They won one last night, so it's down to five. I think they'll reduce it to two. And it's uh, it's anyone's title after that. Rangers have gone for it again with the confirmation of the uh, Diomande uh, coming in. That is serious money uh, to spend. And um, I'm just surprised after listening to Brendan Rodgers a number of weeks ago, especially in the wake of the you know the back-to-back defeats against Kilmarnock and Hearts. You thought, right, I think Celtic will do some some notable business in January. And so far, uh, I think the supporters will be underwhelmed. Paolo Bernardo has been a, a bonus, hasn't he? Because he wasn't in the conversation he's at come that good. time. Yeah, yeah, he's come good. And I think when you score a goal like he did against Rangers, I think it changes everyone's perception of what you can offer. And he's followed it up with some you know, really good play against St Mirren, uh, another goal against Bucky Thistle, albeit uh, a team of, of that quality. Yeah. But... Um, he looks to be developing as a, a decent player. We're about to talk about Rangers as well and who is coming in there. Um, they probably need another striker. It's bad news about Sima. I know he wasn't an out-and-out striker, but a lot of goals. Um, but let's hear from Liam Scales. You mentioned that his contract it was floated a wee while ago. It was, it was rumoured that there'll be a new one for him and maybe there will be soon. He was asked today about it. No, there's been nothing really like to... I've not, you know, it's been, it's been quite enough, but... Um, I'm sure if it happens, that'll be my agent will be dealing with that, and I'll be sort of just playing my games. He said he's enjoying it, and he said the best still to come from him. Yeah, definitely. We're still learning. We're still sort of trying to move in the right direction, and it's sort of the busiest part of the season is over now, and we can sort of most of the games we'll have a week to to lead into them now, so we can really work on on how to improve during the week in training. Whereas before, we didn't really have that luxury with the Champions League, so it's that that's that's going to be a positive for us, um, and. 
definitely there is room for improvement we know that and, and that's what we want to do and he's been speaking about the man they're all talking about today he's staying till at least the summer Matt O'Reilly yeah I think like a player with his ability is always going to be linked with, with transfers and, and he's always going to be wanted by other clubs so that, I don't think that's a surprise but you know he's key for us and, and for me he's probably he's been he's been the player of the season so far this year he's been amazing so um, we, we obviously want to keep him and, and I think yeah that's it you know he's, he's, he's massively important to us but I'm not surprised there's those rumours because he's definitely a player that is in demand I'd say See Majofsky scored again last night could have got more but uh, took it well Could he be the the one that yeah. in the, the transfer deadline day the closing mm. hours we perhaps see a move um, brilliant striker fantastic really enjoy watching him I think he's a, a, a total joy he's got everything every bit to his game links the play really well works the channels in behind his movement very good inside the box aerially really strong as well scores all different types of goals and he's clinical he doesn't need too many chances to then go and convert so I think Aberdeen will be glad that there's not been too much transfer speculation if you if you yeah. put that alongside the Lauren Shanklin discussions that have gone on for a long long time Miofsky probably has earned the right to, to be in that same category with his form some would argue that Miofsky is a better striker than Lauren Shanklin and what do you it, think? His age for me it would be Lauren Shanklin just now, but I understand Miofsky's got an age in his side as well, and he's three, four years younger than Lauren Shanklin, so he's only going to get better. And if he continues to prove and show the statistics and numbers that he's shown since he's been at Aberdeen, he's a top striker, no doubt about it. Um, and is that a surprise, maybe, that other clubs even out with Scotland yeah. that have not had a look at him because he, he does score and he scores often? 17 goals, Andy, from 19 games for Aberdeen. Yeah, and I've liked him for, for a while and uh, I mean, he's finished against Rangers for Aberdeen and uh, 1-1 draw. I mean, right out of yep. the, right the uh, top class uh, variety of that. But as Leanne said, the variety of goals, his work rate, his game outside the box, his link-up play, he, he's a guy who can play for a, a, big, a bigger club for, for sure. And Celtic could be it, do you think? Could, yeah, well, I, yeah. if he signed for Celtic, I mean, you do wonder who's on Celtic's radar. Yep. Do they think that Miofsky can, I mean, if Celtic want to uh, make some inroads into this new look Champions League, is Miofsky the type of player that will score them goals on that, that type of stage? What, what are Celtic's plans to, to go into Europe? I mean, it sounds as though when Brendan Rodgers says, yeah, Matt O'Reilly will be here for the second part of the season, but it's almost as if, and he'll go in the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there'll be, a, there'll be a, some business to be done there and it, it has been a very successful buying and selling model that Celtic have had over a number of years now. Over at Rangers, 3-0 last night against Hearts and you both said in the office beforehand that could have been a sticky one last night but Rangers were convincing. Uh, Raskin and Cantwell, Cantwell scored a great goal just before half-time. They were taken off. Uh, was it an injury worry? Yeah, it's it's too, too fast to assess that but it looks okay for the moment so I hope tomorrow also. Uh, after that, he made a, made a really good goal, but I didn't want to take any risk with those things. Uh, same with Nico, his, his foot was sleeping, so he had problems with that. Uh, we thought it was because of the tape. We took the tape out, but he had still the same sensation, so uh, you cannot play on one foot. That's why I made the two changes at halftime already. And the two players who came in, they had already directly impact on the game, so that's our strength and that, that needs to be our strength the next couple of months. Yeah, Andy, Tom Lawrence had the ball in the net, but it wasn't a goal. Like he was offside, but he's back. Uh, injuries, it's been a recurring theme for Rangers. 
Yeah, it's always a blow when you lose people that can make an impact uh, in any area of the pitch, whether you're relying on them to, to keep goals out at one end, whether you're relying on them to be creative or whether you're relying on your, your goal scorer, as Seema was for for a while there, and someone with a bit of pace who would threaten any defence. So, um, I mean, it happens to everyone. You you get injuries, you get suspensions, you have to deal with it. But given what's at stake, uh, you have to try and cover every eventuality. Two points in it. It could be, if they win the early kickoff, are Rangers strong enough to overtake Celtic if they do no more business? And if Celtic don't do any more business, what do you feel? I think it's a gamble not worth taking. Uh, if you're Celtic and you're as rich as they are, I don't understand why you wouldn't flex your financial muscle, get a striker in that uh, is starting a living ready, and uh, at the very least get a striker in. And, you know, don't just rely on Kyogo. No, not, not the fact if he gets injured. What if he loses a bit of form? What if he doesn't score for a good number of weeks? And you His want form, to, Andy, maybe, this season though, probably hasn't been really yeah, spoken about as much as, yeah. as it should have done and, because and Celtic have, have remained in the position that they've been. But had this been his first season at Celtic, would we have looked at Kyogo the same? Because he, the two seasons from last season... No, we season, wouldn't, but we know what he can do. And I think, you know, it's sometimes good to take a striker out of the final line. Yeah. Give, him a, give him a rest, yeah. let him... Uh, let him fire up again. It's a great point, but he wasn't getting the same supply as he got the last two seasons, Leanne. Would sure. that be no? And I think that'd, you that'd be fair, wouldn't no, it? No, yeah. and, and you notice when Hitati yeah. doesn't play, I yeah. think the relationship mm. that he has with Hitati and the way that he plays off him at times where he comes short and, and links the game. I think the vision that Hitati's got in and around the box and in the areas, even off the sides, probably the likes of Abada, I think is, is a huge player for Celtic. But will he be at Celtic come the end of the yeah. transfer window as well? well flashbacks and Sunday looking at him at his time under Ange Postecoglou where it was just constant assists and deliveries and goals and getting himself into the right areas but again there's been speculation around him and I think these types of players are bad as in Hitatis do make Kyogo a better player and put better opportunities in front of him and Andy of course yeah you would hope not but he could be and there's so much interest in Leila Bada we know the background to it brilliantly yeah. received by the Celtic fans uh, at the weekend there and when he came on the week yeah. before but in England France and Germany they're looking for the the winger you, you never know and he's such a, a really good player great player well I mean he's his form is there for everyone to see his contribution at Celtic has is, is, uh, been tremendous especially in big games but yeah. I have no idea what he's dealing with on his, in his personal life and it um, it must be difficult just to, to deal with that on a daily basis, never mind try and concentrate and play football. Shall we look at VAR from last night? That's next. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel and see the latest action from the studio. Let's go! So St Johnson Chiefs are seeking an explanation why VAR intervened last night to chalk off a goal against Aberdeen. We're going to speak about that in just a second or two with Leanne Crichton and Andy Walker. 0808 17 17 700. G-A-R The Go-Assisted Referee On the Go Radio Football Show With CSD Air Conditioning Comforting air quality All year round So some people who were watching the Cup down in England, Fulham and Liverpool Last night One of the comments Leanne was that it was great No VAR at all, the game you just get on with it now, We've had so many issues on VAR we have, but you're not allowed to say that either, that in right. Scotland we, we would rather not have VAR because that only comes into play when there's no side that, yeah. that comes out with a decision that is subjective or, or debatable. So um, 
the Scottish Cup games without it, of course, they're they're yeah. more high energy. Mm-hmm. There's less time. I actually could not believe. Um, I can't even remember if it was Saturday, Sunday's game, yeah. Celtic Park. Yeah. Second half. Four. One minute added on time yeah. mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. One minute. There was ten substitutions. <laughs> And there was no VAR. Is that called common sense? <laughs> I have never yeah. seen yeah. <laughs> in the last yeah. probably 18 months of watching football there only been one minute added on in the second half. So I think it was a normal finish time for yeah. the game. You it, know, you, you're not getting the 12 minutes, yeah. the 11 minutes. It's an interesting point yeah. that the Scottish Cup games, I think for Kilmarnock, for St Mirren, for mm. Livingston, they've all got VAR. They didn't use it. Yeah. It's too expensive. Mm. Maybe, maybe they don't like it. I mean, if you want to talk about St Johnson last yeah, night, so what it's, about the, that la- one? it's yeah. the latest in a... a a long line of, in my view, absurd decisions to to disallow that goal right. from Graham Carey. So for those who missed it, it was nil-nil, St. Johnson the first half. It looked a great strike, Andy, from Graham Carey. Goal comes up in the telly, you know, 1-0, the time of the goal, Graham Carey. And then what happened? Well, it was disallowed for some contact in the box in the in the in the act of, of clearing. And again, I'll go back to what we were sold at the presentation. We will only interfere with glaring errors. There's nothing glaring about that. There's nothing. I don't think it is an error from the referee, John Beaton. What you're looking at is someone looking at it forensically and someone has a different opinion to John Beaton. And I'm just really surprised that John Beaton went with it because you look at the replay, there's hardly any contact. What was the contact? Was it on Jamie McGrath, Liam Liam Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. So it was contact in a contact sport. Yeah. But was it in purpose, do you think, that he went to, you know, gain an advantage? There was no glaring error. There was nothing clear and obvious about the error that uh, John Beaton had made. But you get interference, you get forensic examination of this, you got a lot of time wasting, uh, you got a lot of non-information for for the supporters in the stadium. And yet again, I think it was a dreadful use of VAR. And what do you think? It's that element of subjectivity, again, which is going to cause an awful lot of problems. Uh, and I get the clear and obvious bit. A goal's been scored, so naturally every phase of that will be checked because there has been a goal. Um, so they're forced to look at it, they're forced to check it, make sure that there was no attacking phase of play in terms of the build-up or an offside or, or whatever. John Beaton glances at the contact, he sees the contact between Gordon and McGrath as it happens then the ball hits the back of the net, which John Beaton does the right thing because even if he thinks it's a foul, he allows the phase of play to play out and then he has an opportunity then to review it. The bit that's frustrating is that if that's where we're getting to and that's the reason why we're disallowing goals is that there's a slight bit of contact where Jamie McGrath doesn't go to ground, he still gets decent contact on the ball, the ball exits the 18-yard the box, there's still a good opportunity for Aberdeen to defend it and they don't and the ball ends up in the back of the net. If we're going to get down this route, which is where VAR is taking us, and it has been taking us for some time, there is a real lack of enjoyment for the the spectator and the, the fan at, yep. at games now, and a real frustration for players and managers and everybody else that's part of it, because we, it is not, as Andy always says, it's not what we're sold. Yeah, well, we should also say there's nothing wrong with the technology. There's nothing wrong with the, the camera work. Sometimes it might be... Uh, you would want maybe more cameras at uh, a game, yeah. but that's what the clubs want to pay for. Um, but the forensic analysis of some incidents is bizarre. And even the Aberdeen penalty, yeah. I disagreed with that. There was Did no you? glaring error there either. 
So what happened again? Liam Hayden. Gordon again on yeah. Rubizic. So that's what they eventually. Yeah, and I think you saw by Rubizic uh, yeah. his his reaction. He was looking up quite slyly at the referee. Oh, have, you, have you bought this? And but he hadn't. But he was told to go over, and yet again he, he was just given someone else's opinion. And uh, we, as Ange Postecoglou yeah. said, because it happens down south as well. The, the man in the middle is losing his authority. Yeah, for sure. Angela's on asking, while we're doing VAR, what did you feel about Ivan Tony the other night when he took advantage of, you know, the, the spray that the referee put down? I thought down? it was brilliant. <laughs> you would say that. I thought it was yeah. great. I've got no issues with it whatsoever. Yeah. But, uh, but stupid defending. You'd yeah. be on yeah. it your your wall, you'd be on it your goalkeeper. Yeah. But um, to, to do that without anyone noticing... Uh, it's, it's a marginal gain as well and if you think about in the game like the amount of times that you steal a yard and that was you know with it there being the foam and, and the grass as soon as the referee turns her back you nudge the ball forward it, but the he actually goal, lifted the foam which was a bit that I yeah. found really funny yeah. placed that a yard to I didn't know you could but then yeah. you, you get the wall that didn't even move yeah. they, didn't, they didn't adjust yeah. I couldn't believe it yeah. I was just going to say there's sure. only the hysteria around it because it was Ivan Tony, yeah. and he's just back yeah. from from his ban and the, the suspension and whatnot. Any other player does that, um, and they probably would be healed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been really creative and invent and inventive uh, in that moment. Anything in the Rangers game to highlight? There was no VAR controversy, was there? I don't think so. Last night, 3 0 Rangers. I remember don't, any. Don't, no, think so. don't think so. No, no, don't think there was. And the table for Aberdeen for a moment then. I mean, they were looking for a win last night, weren't they? They're on 23 points. I know they've got a couple of games still in hand, but with Hearts, what a fight back the night before. Um, Lon Shacklin misses a penalty again. <laughs> what is this? Um, I well, mean, he was so consistent. I, I, think, a player. I think when you miss three on the spin, you, yeah. you've got to come off them. And I think that's the manager's decision now. You can't keep. Uh, putting the same man in the firing line because if he misses the next time, it's not Lauren Shankland who will be mm. getting a stick. He'll be getting a bit of stick, but it's the manager as well. Like, come on, we need to change it. We need to find a. They've been talking about a new contract for him. Maybe you yeah. don't want to upset the player, but I know exactly what you're saying. Eventually, you've got to say, "Give us the ball." Mm. And I think uh, even if you're yeah. Lauren Shankland, at some point it would be good to step away from it, um, hand that responsibility over to somebody else. Not that he probably <clears throat> at this point it's a lose-lose situation for him because I think if he shirks the responsibility and passes on the penalty-taking duties then maybe people look at it as he, he's he's not get the confidence to do it or his head's been turned or he's not that interested whereas he keeps trying it and, and he keeps failing. So I, I see that, Leanne. I remember missing two penalties on the spin. I still wanted to take them but Billy McNeil said no because uh, if you mm -hmm. take another one and you miss it, it'll be on me. I'll be the one getting criticism and he was quite right. I mean, eventually I went back on them and and started scoring again, but you can't keep missing penalties and being given the same opportunity. So that's Andy Walker and the VAR czar that I think you are now on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon on the national broadcaster uh, on VAR. That's it. Uh, it's back tonight. That's you up to date uh, with VAR here on the Go Radio Football Show. G-A-R The Go-Assisted Referee On the Go Radio Football Show With CSD Air Conditioning 24-hour heating and cooling specialists So the table looks like this Celtic on 54 points after 22 games Rangers now in 49 After the win last night After 21 hearts In third spot 
39 points after 22. Philippe Clement, after the three-goal victory, spoke about uh, how he felt about the game last night. That it was a good performance, for sure, after our first goal. Before I had some uh, some remarks about some things, what we talked about in, uh, in halftime. But a really good second half, a lot of domination, good play on the ball, not giving away too many chances against a good team because that we knew also. Uh, Hips is a team who's really good on the ball, with good building, uh, with good technical quality. So the first step was to play a really good game without ball, to work really hard as a team, what the, what the boys did. Uh, we had more than 60% ball possession. It's not easy against Hips because normally they have a lot of the ball because of their, uh, their playing style. So that was the first step. Second step was to do the good things with the ball and, and to have the right runs, to create space for ourselves and, and and also to be cool in our finishes, so I'm, I'm really happy with that also. The, the three goals, and for me it's four goals. Yeah, one is disallowed and it's, it's correct. I, I've seen it, it was a few centimeters offside, but it's also a good goal. A uh, good attack and then a few good saves of, of the goalkeeper also. Clean sheets also important, but we need to be honest about that. that the Jack also made a few good saves. It's not that uh, Hibs didn't create any chances. But after this evening, everybody will say that uh, they saw a good Rangers team. And, and good football. I think because of the both the teams, this was a, a good advertisement for Scottish football, for everybody who watched the game. If you are a Hibs fan, if you are a Rangers fan, or you are uh, supporting another team, or you are from another country, this is the kind of football I think people want to see. OK, Rangers fans, what are you thinking? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel and see the latest action from the studio. Let's go! Happy Burns Night, everyone. Hope you are enjoying it, whatever you're doing, your haggis, neeps and tatties. January the 25th, Rabbi Burns. It's Burns Night. You've been to a few over the years, I have indeed. Always think yeah. of that. I've been to a few Tommy Burns yeah. suppers, so I always think of my good friend Tommy yeah. on the, this day as well. But no, it's great. I love my haggis, neeps, and tatties as well. For fire, you're on a sunsy face. That's it. You can chief to know the that walker is race. A great delivery. <laughs> Thank you. You should take Fantastic. that. Up. Leanne, what about you, Burns? Did you get it at school and all that? Bit of yeah. Oh no, I definitely at school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I enjoy it. Listen, I enjoy the food better than yeah. the, the poems. I would need to say, but now <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it again tonight. Maybe that's just the pregnant woman in yeah, me. Indeed. Seven <laughs> weeks to go. Seven weeks on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Just coming up. So we're just thinking about names. Few people have been on with some suggestions. What, said, what well, Andrew, got, Andrew's a patron saint of Scotland. Oh, <laughs> so yep. there you go. That's an option. Or Andrea Stephanie. Yeah. Got a daughter Stephanie, and I've got a grandchild Florence. So I've been hitting Leanne with all these options. Yeah. Sure Happy to take suggestions. I'm sure well. she's. Yep, I'm anyway. sure she knows right now what it will be. No, honestly, male we've, or no, no, we've no. no idea, and no. because we don't know gender, it, sure. it's probably making it a bit more difficult. So, um, or def easier, in definitely a way. in limbo. Yeah. No, because you go back and no. forward, it's hard to really no, nail it down. Don't so. call it limbo. Limbo. <laughs> <laughs> you got a couple of favourite names though. A couple. You know, a, a couple. Yeah. Um, okay. But we, we might go a couple of days where it will just be baby fighting. Yeah. I think we might need to nail it down in the arrival. What's uh, your mum saying and, and, and your nan? Is, Everybody's is nana? Yeah, right. really looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, everybody, the whole family. Uh, and I think Christmas and New Year's been good because mm -hmm. it's, it's been super busy, so the time's actually went by really quickly, which has been nice, I think, for everybody. Um, and I've been just working and it's just been the norm, so there, there's not been too much hysteria yet. <laughs> um, although I, I promise people that that might still come towards the end. But no, we're all looking forward to it. It's such Leanne, a nice I've time. Got, I've yeah. got three boys and the... Uh, 
Stephanie, my daughter, my one and only daughter, she gave me more trouble than the three boys put together. <laughs> I can believe that. No I comment that. from me. Let's go on the lines. Kev's on. Six days to go. Seven weeks for Leanne, but uh, Kev is on. Hi, Kevin. Six days to go in the window. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Uh, and well girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, Kev. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Kev, what are you thinking um, with uh, Brendan Rodgers today talking you know, about developing the players he has? Quite a few Celtic fans saying, what's happening? Now, six days to go. What are you feeling about the transfer window for you? Listen, you can look at it. You can look at it two ways, right? You could look at it as if to say, disappointing. We've only got the one player in, which I suppose the way it is. But I kind of look at it for a positive mindset, as in Brendan's obviously got targets in mind, and for one reason or the other, maybe we can't get these players in, whether it's wages, fees, maybe the players don't want to come, or maybe it's just down to the clubs in January saying, listen, we don't want to let this player go. They're, they're, I mean, Celtic are doing it right now. So Celtic are doing it with Matt O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what money I forgot to go throw at it. Brendan Rodgers is saying he is not leaving in January. So that's Atletico Madrid. So maybe clubs don't really want to let players go that are maybe on the fringes, maybe bit part players. Maybe they're just not wanting them to go. So it tells me that Brendan's looking for absolute quality and he's looking for quality over quantity. And we've been caught... We've been caught with our trousers doing a couple of times. The last, the last January, our transfer window looked great. It was absolute dross uh, because we've lost all these signings. So I, I would say to the fellow fans, be a wee bit patient with it. Trust the manager, trust the board, and hopefully we'll get the players in um, that are going to actually improve the squad rather than end up with two or three players in that are rushed average yep. signings. sure. Do you not feel though, Kev, that at the point we we played at the clip earlier about a month or so ago, Brendan Rodgers speaking about having to bring in quality and whatnot, and then listening to his comments today, that he's almost went full circle with it, and it sounds like there's maybe a bit more behind it. Perhaps it's not just Brendan Rodgers' decision around the, the transfers because he seemed pretty adamant that he he must have identified quality surely a month or so ago because as we know at most football clubs they work two transfer windows ahead of, of time so they will have also identified transfer targets for the summer and beyond probably Maybe but listen to him Leanne uh, I, I know what you're saying his comments about developing the players that are getting there would give the impression as if they say maybe he's going to have to settle with just the one but Listen, we're going to just kind of have to say and wait and see what happens. He did say that the club is still actively working in the background on a couple of targets and he's hopeful he had another couple of faces before the end of the window. So we'll see what happens and I guess we're just going to have to deal with it. If we don't, if we don't sign anybody, it'll be slightly disappointing But because uh, especially I think we really, need a, really, really need a striker. I would love to. I would have loved us to get a left back and a goalkeeper in this January as well. Um, so we'll just need to wait and see what happens. So it's a, a bit disappointing. Uh, but I've also got another wee question for Leon after that point. If I was just a quick one or mm-hmm. opinion on something, really. Okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to know your opinion on this. Is the left field right? But this boy Joey Barton's getting mere air time today, talking absolute nonsense about. Women, yeah. people like yeah, yourself, sure. and I see you on the telly, Leanne. You know what you're talking you know, about. I can honestly sit here and say, you know what you're talking about, and I like listening to what you've got to say. I think you bring something refreshing to the table, and so do some of the other ladies down south. So I just think it's ridiculous what he's saying. I just want to know what do you think his problem is, Leanne? 
appreciate that first and foremost, Kev. Thanks very much. Um, not often in the media you get you get nice comments back for people, or, or certainly that's brought to your attention. So um, that's really nice. But no, listen, he, he's an absolute drama. Everything that comes out of his mouth just now is just nonsensical. Um, it makes you wonder about the people that he surrounds himself with as, as well. When you think about the career that, that Joey Barton had in the game and the amount of people that he's come into contact with, that he's been nobody around him that's advising him or supporting him or, or allowing him to kind of make better decisions and supporting him to make better decisions but it just feels like he's now got himself in this rabbit hole where he keeps digging and digging and digging um, he's come for big names as well in the in the men's game as we know Gary Neville he called out for me it just seems like a huge PR stunt that's gone wrong in the sense that we know about his podcast and he was looking to try and launch that and I think in the world of media, we say there's no such thing as bad media or negative bad publicity. publicity. Yeah. Um, so for Joey Barton, I think he's he's living and dying by that type of quote. But it's it's a shame because there's a lot of people that are really offended by it, that are really hurt by it, um, and that work really hard at their jobs. And I think that's the the element of it for me that that hurts the most because it's it's your job and, and nobody sets out certainly to go to work and, and be slaughtered and criticised and it's difficult when you know someone's got such a, a loud voice but yeah. honestly he's one of those guys that you you just don't pay much attention mm. to yeah. You, you, yeah. I thought I'd pay more attention to him up here when he was playing his mm. football he was he was disappointing but uh, yeah, I think that, the sad thing true. is though that he actually it's a ring, he's a ringleader though and yeah. his comments have, have caused a lot of hurt you've mm. seen that with Enia Luko and her response to it and whatever people think of Enia Luko as a football pundit whether they like her or they don't again it's very subjective there's yeah. <laughs> all different types of people that are on yeah. our screens and across our wirelesses yeah. that we listen to um, we might like and we might not we might agree we might disagree with but the fact that you have forced somebody into a corner that they're terrified and scared to leave their house tells you that that has been taken yeah. to a whole yeah. new level and with the hysteria that Joey Barton's created he has created a cult where there is actually people who do agree with Joey Barton and that has also given them a platform and the fact that he's been supported and enabled so um, I, I try and keep away from it Kev yeah. if I, I'm being honest I tend not to follow it um, and hopefully the, the positives certainly outweigh the, the negatives Absolutely freedom of speech is really important but yeah kindness and civility and respect for each other. That's what we're in a common, democracy. Common decency, uh, yep. of course. Andy, what about you know? Kev said earlier on they'd be a bit disappointed if they were. I'm paraphrasing what you said. Yeah, but just I mean, about the Celtic. Celtic. Yeah, I yeah. just think it's a gamble not worth taking. Yeah. Celtic are cash rich. They can go and spend in a market that would uh, I think would be able to to make a difference to this um, title race. Rangers Rangers have strengthened. Rangers have improved uh, under Philip Clement. And the worst thing you would do, anyone involved in Celtic, the worst thing you can do is underestimate your your greatest rivals. They're the only team that can stop you winning the, the championship. And I would be really surprised if... I, I know it's late in the day, I know there's still another week to go, but I would be really surprised if Celtic didn't get another striker in. Let's hear a bit more, Kev, from Brendan Rodgers about potential transfers. Uh, not at this moment. There's work going on behind the scenes, of course. It's... Um, but yeah, listen. It's not easy when you know you're trying to get players in, and I've talked about quality before, and and I always will do because that's that's the nature of what I I want to build here. We have a lot of quality players in in our squad currently that are improving and developing, and I uh, I want to add more to that. But when you're trying to get quality, and when you're trying to to add, it's never easy because 
other clubs, they don't want to lose quality players. So, um, but uh, but it's something that, as I said, is continually been worked on and, and I hope before the window shuts that we were that we're able to do that. Okay, what's the latest on Cameron Carter Vickers and the new signing from Rapid Vienna, Nicholas Kuhn? When are we going to see them? Yeah, yeah, they'll be involved. They'll be involved. Good week's training and uh great to see Cam back again and, and so he'll be involved, yeah. So that's this weekend. What are you thinking for the Ross County game before you go, Kev? Uh, I, I'm quite confident we'll get the three points, mate. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Nicholas Kuhn. I think he'll get a wee, a wee run out. Not sure from that, but I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, get. Uh, I think you've gone into a bad area, Kev. Thanks very much for calling the Go Radio Football Show, though. Yeah, it'd be good to see uh, another new player coming into Scottish football, and they've spent a few bob on him. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I just wonder if it'll be overshadowed by Derek Adams' post-match interview. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bomb scare, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but you're right. No, it's another signing, an yeah. interesting one as well. Um, watched him be paraded at Celtic Park on, on Sunday as well. And he looked, you know, a player that was ready to be here, certainly. So, um, want to keep a close eye on. Andy, looking forward to see him as a former Celtic. Yeah, I mean, player. Celtic with yeah. our front three, it looks as though it'll be Kuhn, it'll be Kyogo, it'll be Palma. That'll be your your top three, and arguably, but uh, I know Celtic have got a lot of options in the in the wider areas. Maida has played a, a, a lot of games, but I imagine that'll be the front three if you're you're playing your strongest side. And um, you're always keen to see someone who's cost such a, a lot of money. And you're keen to see what he can bring. Has he got the pace to go past players? Has he got any skill, trickery? Can can he score? Can he set up? Celtic have had a good number of players in wide areas over the last number of years that have been really successful, not just uh, setting up goals, but getting a, a fair amount of scoring themselves. There's going to be some run in from now until, well, we head for the Euros, Leanne, isn't it? When you think about it, Rangers have got the League Cup. They're all still in the Scottish Cup with Scottish gas and then the title itself. Is it a good thing for Celtic that they are out of Europe? It wasn't going out of Europe. Of course it wasn't. But now that we're into late January... Yeah, well, I think when you look at the squad and the depth of squad, I think that for Rangers could certainly hinder them, um, as we've seen in the past. And we know how tough it is, certainly as a player, and I know how tough it is to go from that midweek fixture and at the weekend, albeit you do enjoy the element of just preparing for games. I think Liam Scales touched on it earlier on that the business and busy end sorry, of the season is gone for them now. They've pretty much got a week to prepare for most games. So that you would like to think would put Celtic in a good position that they will have a fresh squad week in, week out. They've got an opportunity there to rotate players with the likes of Kuhn coming in as well and, and adding those reinforcements in wide areas. Um, and for Rangers, I just don't think they've got the ability to do that and change a squad wholeheartedly from a midweek fixture heading into the weekend. Yeah, you often hear, you know, early part of the season, Andy, as you well know, three games a week, no time really for training. You do the early training, of course, but there isn't any time to change systems or whatever. Celtic haven't had to do it. The manager spoke today about having this time now to coach. Well, clearly, I think when you have that coaching time, it's 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 invaluable, really. You, you go through the first part of the season where apart from pre-season, you're, you don't, spend a lot of that that time but it's still important that we use it wisely because uh, you can overcoach players as well and and, and overtrain so so for me it's it's always about the balance i've got a brilliant coaching staff here that uh, uh that set up the training and, and we work very very well and uh, and for us yeah it's just that 
obviously bedding in new players, you get young players as well. So it's just about that continuation of building on the structure of the team, reinforcing a lot of the uh, the areas that we want to, and obviously some remedial work. Obviously, every game there's always ideas that you can be better at and learn from. So having the time to to coach that is uh, is really beneficial. Andy, what are you thinking on this? Yeah, I think uh, you, you do need a bit of time. Obviously, under Ange Postecoglou, there was a certain style. I think it's different under Brendan Rodgers. It's not maybe as quick. It's not maybe as direct. Uh, there's maybe a bit more possession, a bit more passing. But, um, you know, with players coming in, like Kuhn, can he make a, an immediate impact? As we saw when, uh, you know, Celtic made a successful January uh, signing window when Hatati and Abada and, and others come in. Um so yeah, you you do need that coaching time, and I, I think it might work in Celtic's favour the fact that uh, they're out of Europe. Rangers have got a very demanding schedule, and not so much for Celtic. And we we keep going back to the the importance of this title. You can't underestimate it. I mean, it could well be two points um, very soon, at least for an hour or something. Mm. Although that's not taken away from. St Mirren who could make it tough for Rangers let's look at the game shortly but looking back to last night Philippe Clement three goals for Rangers and uh, yeah it could have been more and he always wants more no, we, we always need more goals and we, we still can improve that we still had uh, a few chances that we, we can be more cool we can have more overview but those are the steps to take as, as a squad we're working on that not only on that on a lot of things every day but you, you see improvement in, with every player if I compare with three months ago, I don't see one player who, uh, who has lowered his level and, and that's what, what we need to do with all staff together, with all players together also to be hungry, to be ambitious, to become better. And then I will make decisions. Everybody who, who shows themselves that they are hungry for the team, not for themselves, but for the team and giving everything, they will get chances to play because we have a lot of games. Leanne, Williams been on asking you and Andy, what do you think Rangers are going to need in the next six days if they do any business? What's it going to be? Mm, look, I think for Rangers, probably that creative midfielder. I know Todd Cantwell yeah. has been in there and at times deployed in different types of positions, but I do feel that they need something else centrally that's different to what they have. You know, and when you get through, even the likes of Lundstrom in there, um, Dijon Sterling's been deployed in there at points as well. He's not a midfielder, as we know. Ryan Jack, when fit and available, they're all pretty defensive. They kind of look the same, even Nico Raskin to a point. I think they need something a bit special in there. Um, your old-fashioned midfielder that can do everything, that can go box to box, that can chip in with a goal or two, that links the game, that's comfortable in the build. Um, an old-fashioned number eight, probably, uh, as I would see it. I think up top they probably need, a, you know, another bit of creativity off the sides. I don't think there's been a guarantee there when you look at even the likes of Matondo that came in and, and you know blow hot and cold at times. Um, but I think Rangers are a lot of the squad just now. It's hard to nail down exactly what you need because I think they're very like for like, and there's not too much quality in terms of separating the, the top three or four players. I think at Celtic you can go and do that where. Callum McGregor, um, Amat O'Reilly, as we spoke about, Akiogo, Hitati, for example. That's your top four players. I don't think you can really say the same for Rangers. Um, but it'll be interesting to see where the manager mm -hmm. thinks they need to strengthen. He's getting a team out this uh, 
I, I tune out this team. Yeah, uh, he's, all, he's been really disappointed with yeah. the level of fitness. Not, not yeah. just the, the the amount of players that are available yeah. for, uh, for for selection. I think what I'm trying to say is the, the injury list. Yeah, he's he's been surprised at the the level of of that, yeah. and that's something that you know the whole club uh, has to work on. But you just need options. You need a bit of luck. You need your players. Um, you know, playing free from injury. Uh, a lot of players will carry a little niggle and they'll play through it. But uh, you want you want a, as deep and as creative and as strong a squad as possible. So a striker, do you reckon? I think so. A yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A goal scorer. Yeah, not just a striker who mm-hmm. plays anywhere across that front line. I know they've brought in Fabio Silva. Um, he's never been a, a you know a goal scorer. He, he may well turn into one up here, but you know I think if Rangers can identify and can afford uh, to get a striker who. Spends most of his time doing his business inside the box. Uh, they're, they're a team that create a lot of chances. I think that would serve them well. The strikers that Rangers have got now are strikers that need more than two and three opportunities yeah. in a game to score. And I think we've seen, like the old firm game, it comes down to fine margins at points that you maybe only get that one chance. Thinking back to Dessers and, and his opportunity, you know, where he gets inside the box and the goal's there for him. Um, and he takes far too much time and, and Alistair Johnson recovers. Those types of moments, if you're looking at, like say, a Lauren Shankland or a Miofsky, yeah. they don't tend to miss those types of opportunities. Then the fullback situation, as we discussed earlier on, Yilmaz, will he stay or will he go? Barisic, will he stay or will he go? If you lose one of them, then of course I think you need to bring in another um, player that can be used in that, that area that offers you the same quality as well. Desers did well the goal last night when he got it. I, know he was I thought it was a lovely finish. Yeah. Really tidy yeah. and clever and you know he didn't blast it in. He just knew he was finding the angle yeah. and that was enough. And But... You know, I think he needs to score more to convince the Rangers support that he's undoubtedly the the undisputed number one striker. It just took a few moments of it, yeah. didn't it? Was it Fish tried to get it, but it went mm. in the net, didn't it? And uh, Desert's eleven goals, which is for somebody, it, it's a decent return. Yeah. But it, you know, we the know. big we one know. was the Celtic glaring opportunity. We didn't even get a shot away. No, I mean that that was a big opportunity again, just to change everyone's perception of him. If he scores in a game like that when he's under pressure... Because he scores a goal in Europe, doesn't he, Andy? Yeah. yeah. Just before it, the week mm-hmm. before. And you think that's the moment because it's a piece of quality that you've not seen. And then that, as you say, yeah. but you wonder, is it the pressure that he struggles with it in that type of environment? That he, he felt, you know, he thought too much about it because then you look at how nonchalant he is last night and it's a different type of pressure. Well, yeah. different type I mean, of game. sometimes it's great when you have no thinking time. It's instinctive and you just finish. But he must have had a number of options. What am I doing here? Am I passing this in? Am I going to blast it? Am I going to wait for the keeper to go down? There must have been things going through his mind and he just didn't even get the shot away. That was the disturbing thing. Not that you might like to name them, Andy, but is there any players that you played with in your time that you you knew maybe the quality or they had came to the club and, and there was high expectations and then you just thought, well, this guy's I, just I played not with some. It. I mean, the best I played with was McAvenny and he could mm. score. He was also a great team player. I played with Jack Anofsky, who was a really clever player, but he didn't get a buzz out of scoring goals. He got a buzz nope. out of beating people. He got a buzz out <laughs> of uh, showing his skill. And that was something we were always on at him about because uh, he was a smashing player. He was yeah. a he was an international player. I know. Yeah. So would he get by players and then go oh, back and try and go by them again? He, he would love to do that. And it was really frustrating because yeah. when you're in that wider area, we, I mean, I'm looking for some service in the box. But as Leanne's saying, when you go back and beat 
the same player again mm. just to show how good you are. <laughs> Come on, get the ball in. He scored the box. a bundle one night in the European game, didn't he? Was that the 6-6 six, six or whatever? Right? Was he it Celtic or finished? 6-6 yeah, six, six. Six on aggregate, but. Uh, he scored four. He scored four that, that night, night. Yeah. and people couldn't really work out what the score was. You know, it kept changing, didn't it, in the last few minutes? We were a wee bit naive. You were, you went and all Just out. in general, yeah. not not just that night, yeah. but in terms of European opposition, we were a bit naive because we were all out attack, and we 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 didn't really take too much care of managing the game. It's a bit like a chess game at the moment, though, isn't it, Leanne? Because this is the biggest title ever, and maybe they've been really canny both clubs. But if you spend the money correctly in the next six days and you get the kind of players that can propel you to win this title, it's massive. For Celtic, the gulf with Rangers financially, mm. I would imagine, will be even wider, yeah? yeah? And for Rangers, what a chance they think, right? Celtic, 70 million in the bank at the summertime. Um, and we know you could blow that in one player, you know, in England. That's not the case here. But if Rangers win the title and get into Europe, there's 35 million to 40 million coming into the coffers. Rangers fans, what are you thinking? This is the Go Radio Football Show. Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel and see the latest action from the studio. Let's go! Looking forward to the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey on Sunday morning. It was great. It was the guy from Timorous Beasties at the weekend. I don't know if you've had, uh, either of you have had the some of the... A Timorous Beastie? Yeah, indeed. No, well, it was Burns night, so I thought a wee bit of Timorous Beastie last uh, Sunday. It was absolutely magnificent. We're looking forward to the programme on Sunday morning. If you missed it, wherever you get your podcast. You're a great podcast. I do like a man. podcast, yeah. 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 Out for a walk and enjoy that. Good. You, Leanne? Likewise, yeah. yeah. No, always get a podcast on. You, you've got your own one, of course. Own one. I tend not to listen to that, though. <laughs> oh, no, Which is the commercial department here. We could, uh, no, we can't promote it, but no. it is excellent, isn't it? Yeah. Enjoy no, it's it. good yeah. fun. Yeah, of course good it is. Fun. No, it's good yeah. fun. Um, but no, I do enjoy a podcast. I actually do prefer that to music more often than not, even when I'm in the car. I always find it a bit easier when you're in and out the car. You can just pick up where you, you left off. So I'm sure a, a lot of the listeners will tune in to the business show. No doubt about it, and the, the football podcast, no doubt. The thing about them, Hunter and Hockey, they are so honest, straightforward, they mm. just go for it. They they tell it as it is, really. So I'm on uh, yeah. Laura Coonsberg last week, Tom how, Hunter. How was he? he? Well, he's got that statesman-like quality, delivering all these yeah. thoughts on the yeah. politics sure. of the day. I switched it on as well, so yeah. I had uh, Gina on one year, and then I said, oh, there's Sir Tom. I thought he was magnificent on it, because it's a hard one to do that. She's so... Yeah. But it was really good, I thought. He spoke up well for yeah. Scotland, so yeah. that was good. And so Scottish business people, indeed. So I saw that, and then uh, afterwards tuned into the the business show, business end of the season for the football, and then it's going to be the Euros. Can't wait for it, Andy. Can we? Oh, really? it's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, just love the fact. I mean, I'm hoping Kieran Tierney is going to be fit. I know he's yeah. picked up another injury, mm. and which is a great pity because he's not long back from a, a serious injury, and the fact that he moved out. To, to Spain with Sociedad I thought that would be great it's in warmer weather it's a, it's a great league it's a level of competition he'll, he'll really enjoy so here's hoping he can get back to full fitness and playing for Scotland again they're saying hopefully March, April time it might be yeah you would hope so Look, yeah. he's a huge player for Scotland um, he's run a f- misfortune when it comes to injuries it has been really sad for Kieran Tierney because he's a top top player but you just almost feel like his body for whatever reason just doesn't seem to adjust and adapt um, as his career's going on it's so stop start but look for him it might be a good thing that he's got injured at this stage and you would hope that he can Do you think it's because he started so early played so many possibly. games so young 
possibly. I think just a lot of players in terms of even Keenan Tierney, I think when you see him walk and his hips and his alignment and their, their looks, you know, there's certain players you look at and you can perhaps understand why they, they pick up certain injuries and the same type of recurring injuries. Um, but he has, he's played an awful lot of football since a very young age and at the highest level. So he, his body certainly has been put through the mill. But for him, it might be good if he, he gets that return in April and he can actually just focus now on his aim. Of course, he would like to get back for the end of the, the domestic season for his club, but... Looking with that view to the Euros, it must be yeah, fit and playing the best, well. The he's best just, bit of he's in our team. Oh, yeah. He starts on our team every time if he's fitting well. Barry Ferguson often says he's probably our best defender. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. argue with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great to see Andy Robertson back. So there's another two. one. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So back on the bench last night for Liverpool. And again, he's been out for a long time, which he had a great run yeah. without I mean, any injuries. At the start yeah. of the season, we're home Ben Doak might get a bit yeah. of game time yeah. to force himself into some sort of contention, but it doesn't look as though that's happening. But uh, yeah, Tierney and Robertson are arguably the two best defenders. You want them fitting well. For sure. Craig Gordon back on the pitch as well right. on Saturday. You just wonder where his international future mm-hmm. lies and how many minutes he manages to amass between now and the, the end of the season and give Steve Clark a decision. I'm sure that's, again, his driving motivation yeah. as well. Couldn't he do anything with that volley? What a goal that oh, was. Wasn't fantastic, it? wasn't it? Yeah, oh, from James. Craigan. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Goal of the what weekend. Does, oh, I think yeah. so. Yeah, doesn't see any better. Same for you. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Again, Debates around offside, though, and oh, how far. Right. Oh, no. Squeezing the good We can speak about that goal, and it's certainly not been costly in terms yeah. of the tie, but you could only imagine had that been a, a goal no, that Hart had not progressed no, in the sure. competition, and you look back in it, so it's a at least James Craig and can hang on to that moment of what a moment magic I was thinking about that last night and I only saw the, the highlights from the game the night before but Xander Clark of course this season has, he's been capped um, number one now is Angus Gunn Craig Gordon was out for a year double leg break but my goodness he's back and I know he's 41 I was thinking about him earlier on I was going to ask both of you it, well he could do you think he will make it to the Euros he looked really good at the weekend mm-hmm. and, and will he get game time at Hearts I think so. Well, when you look at it, you just wonder now if, if, if Hearts are going to do what a lot of clubs do where you have a, a goalkeeper that you use mm-hmm. in the league action and if they continue and they progress, obviously we know that they've got the fifth round game yeah. to, to come against Airdrie. Craig Gordon, no doubt, will, will bend the sticks for that one. Um, unless Ander Clark is a, a nightmare at some point mm-hmm. in between. I don't see him being forced to drop him if, if Hearts continue to keep up the form that they've shown. A brilliant comeback, certainly, uh, the other night as well. But I think if it comes down to it and Craig Gordon has played a, a suitable amount of minutes, I think you'll see Liam Kelly or Xander Clark miss out and Angus Gunn yeah. will go. Yeah, I think if he gets and the Craig game Gordon time, I think go. he'll go to the Euros. But I think our number one is Angus Gunn. Yeah. He will, uh, I think Stevie Clark will give him the nod. But if Craig Gordon is back and he's fit and he's strong and he's had a, 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 enough game time, you know, if he was called in to start for Scotland, I don't think he would let anyone down. Headlines today, football-wise, in the last hour and a half, we realised that Stephen Davis, MBE, has, we won't see him playing again. He's retired at the age of 39. He was 39, which is a couple 39, of years ago. 39, I mean, it's yeah. no great surprise given no, he's had sure. that knee injury for the best part of a year, but it was, you just begin to reflect when you hear the word retirement, you begin to reflect on his career, the success, the longevity of it, his fitness, his professionalism. It's um, It's been a tremendous career. And uh, 
at Rangers, uh, elsewhere. He's obviously, he was there for just a short time as the interim manager. He went to Limassol, was, it was tough that night, wasn't it, over there? And that was the, the law of the Michael Beale team. And I'm not going to go at Michael Beale. You know, I mean, he helped to get Rangers towards that cup final and they've got the, but you know, the Rangers fans yeah. probably don't want to hear that. Um, what are you feeling for Stephen Davis? Could you see him back? He's such a tactician, isn't he? He seems to be, he reads the game so well. Does that make him a manager yeah, in the future? No, I was saying that earlier on, Paul. I think he, he strikes me as the type yeah. of character that's completely obsessed by the game. Um, I don't envisage that he will step away from his playing days and, and the fact that he stepped into that role in the, in the short term at Rangers clearly, I think, shows you that he's got an ambition there to, to be a manager, to be a coach. At 39, he's still really young in terms of that pathway and going and gaining experience. He's been at a brilliant club like Rangers for some time. He's had great experiences down south as well. So... I've no doubt he's he would probably fall into that mould now we see a lot of former players that go and visit a lot of clubs and look to try and network and, and certainly find out more about what goes on elsewhere but I, I think you'll see Stephen Davis back and work very very soon and it'll either be in that coach or a management role I, I, I wish uh, Scott Brown well at Air United I was down yep. there last weekend <coughs> uh, Paul as a guest of the, um, of Air and uh, it was a great game uh, great to see Air United playing so well and Getting a bit of a boost, which I think will help them in their, their league form. I know they got a victory the other night against the Broth, so that's put a bit of distance yeah. between themselves and the the bottom two spots. But uh, it's a strange league with um, you know so close to relegation yeah. uh, trouble and so near sort of playoff action. Yeah. So uh, here's hoping he does well because I'm uh, well looked after with uh, Air United last week. So. It's a smashing club. You've got affection for your United. Oh, yeah. you? I, I said that really I saw like you in one of your, your games you played against Lovely Barry people. Ferguson. Yeah. I did, I, I, uh, I Craig Moore the game. played. Yeah. In fact, I think I cemented uh, Craig Moore <laughs> at uh, one point. Are you he, serious? Yeah. yeah. And he was even off. Well, he had he, he, he went uh, off injured. Oh. <laughs> Have you spoken about it since then? No, I, I spoke not? about it. I remember speaking about yeah. it after the game. Okay. Uh, Is that yeah, precise yeah. that story? Well, we need to ask. He'll forget. You'll not remember a game. The Honest Men, of course, on Barcelona. We could beat 2 0 that night. It was a cup tie. I remember. It was absolutely mobbed. I think Van Bronckhurst played. Barry, of course, played Craig Moore. It was a. Yeah, it was a good side, too strong for us. How's Scott Brown going to do? What's your view? What do you think? I think it's an exciting one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an exciting appointment surprise. Probably a couple of the jobs that have came up that he wasn't looked at um, for, like, for so those ones. Queen's Park, yeah, I think, was okay. one that I thought could fit. Um, even the likes of Ross County, mm -hmm. you know, when that happened with, with Malky leaving there, I thought perhaps it would be one that a club would look at. Mm -hmm. But... Um, Working alongside Stephen Whitaker as well, he's on the pro license with me just now as well. Oh, um, yeah. So I've kind of worked closely with him in group work as well. Really nice guy, really good coach as well. Um, so interested to see how they both go on because it's such a tough league, such a tough division. You know, I'm across it week in, week out as well. And as Andy mentioned, it changes so quickly. So you could go and put a run together. And I think the fact that they came in and started just after that good win against the, their growth just takes a yeah. little bit of pressure off as well the, um, the one thing I would say about Lee Bullen is I mean you'll be hard pushed to, to mm. I mean he finished second no. to yeah. match that yeah. uh, is going to be a tall order at any time for Air United and the great thing about him having listened to some of the board members last week he, he spent so much time in the community he really made an effort to get out and meet the supporters and 
Um, I mean, he set a real high standard with finishing second last season. What was the response, Andy, around his, his departure? Was there a, a bit of disappointment then they, from It the... was, but they felt as though they couldn't wait any longer. Mm. They weren't yep. getting any mm. wins. It was in the, the best part of a year, I think it was five uh, victories. Mm. It, w- it was just going on too long. That sometimes happens, And the standard had been so high yeah. initially. Mm. But I just wanted to mention the fact that uh, they were all so grateful for the amount Great, of time yeah. that he, he spent in the local community. I was at a lunch with him at the same table just the other week yeah. with him and Alan Hudson uh, promoting the Scottish Cup with Scottish Gas and he said, Paul, no, he didn't tell me anything about it whatsoever. <laughs> they kept it really quiet. Seems to be the era at the moment. Things done quietly and that's fine. And yeah. um, we wish him all the very best there. And it's interesting, isn't it? Well, a big game coming up soon and it's uh, Rangers in the Cup. Who would have thought that day that Do you know they were, be they were, the draw? They were yeah. actually hoping for a Rangers or right. Celtic away. Yeah. I mean, financially, it, it means mm. it, it, it could mean the difference between a good player yeah, and of not, course. You know, giving you the financial muscle. Could be quarter of a million, could Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah. And that is a huge uh, bonus for at, at that level, a club at that level who are not blessed with the, the greatest amount of money. Yeah, Rangers against Ayr, St Mirren against Celtic. We'll talk about it nearer the time. We're going to talk about the weekend as well. We mentioned the headline at Rangers about Stephen Davis and at Celtic. It's uh, trending on Sky as well and everywhere that Matt O'Reilly, Celtic have said no to Atletico Madrid. No chance of a, a loan or a... I wonder how much the offer now. was. 20 million plus? What do you think? I don't know. That's yeah. what's been what reported. Would, what, would the offer, what would the offer be? Yeah, but what will he be worth in the yeah. summer? And what will he be yeah. worth? Was yeah, the chat initially though around a, a loan? That's what he wanted loan? to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you wonder if even that is has been the reason why mm. there's not been a, a serious consideration. If that was the, the lo- I think it was a loan with an obligation. Yeah, no, not an option. Obligation. A, an obligation to buy. So yeah, um, a lot. yeah, yeah. you yeah. just wonder what sort of fee it yeah. is because yeah. we are always uh, pitched. When I say we, I mean Scottish Scotland. players yeah. that play in the Scottish league. They're always pitched at a, a much lower rate than than those that uh, go for transfers in the championship for example down south is he a 30 million pound player 25 30 million at uh, least so, 25 for yeah. me calvin yeah. bassey was i think when you look yeah. at other players yeah. you know that, that have gone on even if kieran you look tierney. at kieran tierney yeah. at the point yep mm-hmm. he moved um without a doubt when you look at the the crazy amounts of money that are being thrown about um, you look at the likes of Lewis Ferguson at Bologna you know I think yep. if, if any club was to come in for him just now they would probably be looking at a fee around 20 million euros as well so um, Matt O'Reilly at the age of 22 for me without a doubt 25 million Shall we look at the games for the weekend next? This is the Go Radio Football Show Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel and see the latest action from the studio Let's go! This time tomorrow night, Stephen McGinn will join us along with Peter Grant, someone you have known a couple of for subs many years. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube aren't available two nights running. <laughs> Steady. Uh, that one will come back tomorrow night. Very good. He always brings it up. The two of them have a go at each other all the time, but they're actually great pals. Uh, yeah. He was a brilliant teammate, Granny. Yeah. Honestly, brilliant teammate. What did he play? 400 odd games? Oh, it's phenomenal. Wasn't it? yeah. he, went through a, he went through a ton of managers, but he always played. <laughs> All down to him. No, all down. I'll replay this tomorrow. Leanne, what about Motherwell? How is it going? I haven't touched yet on. It's been okay. It's been okay. Uh, Tough run just before Christmas and. 
form could have been better results could have been better um, looks like the way the table is just now that we'll, we'll finish in the bottom six when the split comes round at the end of February which for us is, is a disappointment yeah. um, but it is what it is um, looking to try and bring in a, a couple of reinforcements during this transfer window which hopefully we'll, we'll get done in the next couple of days um, and not refreshing the squad up just trying to get as much out of the season as we possibly mm. can now um, but again when you look at a side like Partick Thistle for example yeah. who have kicked on this season and results have been very very good uh, and they have progressed to a cup final you can't help but feel a bit left out of course I would yeah. say but uh, no all going, all going well as it, as it can be back to the men's game for this weekend shall we start with your club in Motherwell they're playing at St Johnson so Stuart Kettlewell today saying it's important we get a striker before the window closes. What are you thinking, Leanne, for this one? Well, it's going to be tough, isn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. I, I like the addition of Andy Halliday coming yeah. in. Um, yeah. I like the addition of Adam Montgomery coming in there yeah. as well. Goals have been the difference, but Theo Bear at points certainly stepped up. So you would hope, but it's a realistic target to go and get three points. You know, I think if Motherwell can start to to churn out results um, I always felt they would be fine anyway mm. in the table but when you look at even St Johnston getting that leveller against Aberdeen they'll take a bit from mm. that as well it'll be no easy game no doubt um, but I do fancy Motherwell this weekend to edge that game maybe a 2-1 Andy your old team the well yeah I can't separate them I mean mm. they've played what 21 games a piece mm. they've both got 20 points they've both won 4 games out of their 21 I, I think this will be a draw I'm going for a score draw. I mean, that that was a good result for St Johnson last night. Wasn't I would have, yeah. I would have fancied Aberdeen, given their, mm. you know, their games in hand and their about uh, their desire to climb up the table and try and challenge uh, Hearts. But St Johnson, well worth it. That's a decent point, and I think they'll get another one against Motherwell at the weekend. And Andy, what about Levy against Dundee? Obviously, Dundee. Tony Doherty, we must be saying, what happened? Two up at half time. Yeah, again, Paul. I look at the table and you talk yeah. about the run that Motherwell. Um, were on mm-hmm. and the fact that they didn't win in what 17 yeah. odd games and I know they've played a couple of games more than Dundee but it's just a two point gap yeah. so I think Dundee are. I mean they played really well the other night at Tynecastle yeah. two goals to the good but they did lose it and um, I'm going to go for another draw here 1-1 with Livy what do you think Leanne? I'm going to go for a Dundee win I think they'll, they'll win um, don't know a bit convincingly but perhaps a, a couple of goals in it I think they, they show their quality, Dundee. They've got goals in the side. The fact that they go and take that two-goal advantage against Hearts as well um, shows you the quality, the enthusiasm. I think Owen Beck's a huge loss for them, yeah. you know, to try and re- replace that type of quality at this point in the season. Um, but I think Tony Docherty's done a really good job. And I know the points tally there, they've got a couple of games in hand as well, so they'll have a bit of a, a fixture pile-up. But if they can go and take points from those games in hand, they'll be in a fine position being that newly promoted side this season but for me I think Livingston are toiling massively toiling so Dundee win 2-0 and, and if Livy take no points at the weekend they really are yeah, okay Ross County are at Celtic and we don't know what the outcome will be but Andy Livy you do worry for them now and David Martindale talks about it he'd like to see um, reform to make it a bigger league we talked about it last night where would you stand on that do you want to see 16 team I, I, I wouldn't be against 14, 16 but you'll never get it the clubs that are currently there yeah. the top 12 uh, the top 12 clubs yeah. will never vote for it it's not, Christmas. it's not an SFA thing it's a, it's a clubs yeah. thing They'll, I mean even the way the playoffs are, are skewed they're yeah, sure. all weighted so. in favour of the, the top flight mm-hmm. clubs so they'll, they'll never vote for that 
Leanne, you watch so much football as well. What do you feel? Would you like to watch 14? I think it would be good. Yeah, I think it would be better. I think it would be better in terms of an entertainment value, um, giving teams a, a bit more to play for. I'd like to see a reform with the playoff thing as well. I think it's so frustrating when you look at the golf. You know, the playoff should be there as an incentive and a real drive for teams to go and push mm. to to invest more and to be better. Um, and it's always, as Andy mentioned, heavily weighted towards the, the top sides. Yeah. Um, and look but, at the championship, sorry, which often finishes, what, two, three weeks ahead mm -hmm. of the Premiership, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and again, year. you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. trying to keep up to speed and fit and, fit and, yeah. and match sharp for those games. Kilmarnock against Hibs. What are you thinking, Andy? Do you want to go first on that yeah, one? Yeah, I mean, Kilmarnock have got a decent home record and they're, they're sitting fourth in the league. They're... When the last time I spoke to Derek McInnes, he was talking about these players being happy and being comfortable being a top six team. And that's what he wants. Because it was the last uh, weekend of last season and there was still a danger of them dropping into one of the, the bottom spots. So the fact that they've made a bit of progress this season, I think it uh, it tells you how well they're doing. Um, and they're up against a, a difficult side. So Kamarnock's home form, I think they can beat Hibs. What do you reckon, Leanne? Kilmarnock win for me, especially at home. I think Derek McInnes' side has been really good. Adding Greg Stewart as well during the transfer window, mm -hmm. I think he'll fit in there really nicely. Again, they've got goals in their team, they've got good organisation, good legs in the middle of the pitch. I think defensively, Hibs are all over the place. Um, Hibs without a, a Martin Boyle, they miss Miller as well. They're not at full strength, so I don't think that, that Hibs will not necessarily not be able to compete with Kilmarnock this weekend but I think for Kilmarnock it would be a huge incentive to, to go and yep, cement themselves as, as a top six club um, and you're right I heard that as well Derek McInnes alluding to that Andy that he was wanting these players to feel comfortable with that which he, he was unsure that at a certain point in this season they really believed they could be a top six side yeah. but the more you see them they're certainly starting to look like that what about Hearts against Aberdeen? What do you reckon there, Leanne? So this would have been the battle for third spot. Mm. I'm not saying it's not, but Aberdeen have got a long way to catch up. They have. I think Hearts at home, um, for me, be a Hearts win. Really unsure of Aberdeen this season. You know, you get brilliant performances from them and then you get just performances that are so lacklustre. Um, Hearts, again, can be similar and you've seen that the other night, the fact that they go behind but they manage to, to dig, dig it out and grind out the result and I think that mentality that Hearts have got just now is that they believe, even maybe when they're not playing well, they'll get the result. For me, I think it'll be tight um, but I'll go a 2-1 Hearts. Do you think the recruitment experts from Rangers and Celtic will be there? Shankland up against Majofsky, Andy? Yeah, it's a, it's a good call and uh, it's just amazing that Aberdeen are 16 points adrift of the Hearts. So... Um, yeah, Hearts were home advantage. They should be favourites, but I fancy Aberdeen to get something. This is their, this is their maybe their last chance of uh, trying to climb that table. I'm sure they will eventually get inside the top six and be comfortable there, but I can't see them catching Hearts for third. So the Sky game, the early game on Saturday, 12.30, St Mirren against Rangers. Always a really good game. Saints with a really good record at home. Rangers unbeaten apart from the game with Celtic. The manager wasn't speaking about the weekend yet, straight after the win last night, but he spoke a bit about the team and his expectations. It's, it's about everybody and uh, to be honest, after a game like this, I don't even remember who scored the goals because it's for me not important who scored the goals. It's as a team scoring goals and coming in these positions. 
And it's the same with, uh, with Jack. Of course, he, he will make the saves because the other guys will get red cards if they, they, they make saves with their hands. But, for example, John also made a really good save at the end with his chest. No, it's, it's team effort. That's what we wanted to create a few months ago, to see a team all the time on the pitch. And the guys are doing that now. I hope also after several victories that they keep on understanding where it's coming from. It's not falling out of the sky. It's about a lot of effort. It's about a lot of solidarity. And it's about not having a too big ego to play for yourself. So I'm going to be really strict on that and, and, and to look at the team and making team decisions. And like this, I told them yesterday after the training also, they give me quite a headache for the moment to, to pick a starting 11. But it's a good thing. Yeah, I hope they give me a lot of headaches the next couple of months. So Andy, what are you thinking uh, on this one for the weekend? Well, Simon have stacked up the points from the early part of the season and look comfortable, but they've struggled in recent weeks. Certainly struggled against Celtic when they won there comfortably with the early goals. Simon will want to certainly start a lot better against Rangers, but Rangers have the firepower. I think they've got the desire, they've got the mentality, a different mentality uh, under Clement, and I can see them winning by a couple of goals. So by... What's that? Ten past quarter past two. What do you think, Leanne? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think Rangers will, will get the job done. I think a couple of goals will be in it. Um, St Mirren's form, yep, good early on in the season. Haven't shown that same level of performance recently. I think I've seen today that they've added James Scott to the right. the, the squad as well, um, former Motherwell and, and hip striker mm-hmm. as well. I think he'll be a good addition whether he, he's fit and ready and available for the weekend. I'm not entirely sure, but no, for me, Rangers will, will get the job done. Quan, will he feature? You think? Yeah, he should yeah. do. And, uh, you know, it remains to be seen what he can offer for St Mirren, but it's an opportunity for him to play in a competitive mm. league. So try and show up well. Try and show that he's one of the, you know, the players that Stephen Robinson can uh, can really trust and, and do something special. It's a big opportunity for him. So it could well be two points as Celtic come out against Ross County at three o'clock. Here's their manager. Listen, we always respect whatever, whatever point and... and feeling there is in, in the opposition team it's 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 irrelevant to us we we have to play to the level that we want to and, and that's what we've focused on and and I think that now we're starting to see that sort of consistency of mentality and quality in the team and uh, we'll look to continue with that we know that every opponent will always be a, a challenge for us <clears throat> Derek will come and he'll organise his team well and they'll be competitive but for us, we need to bring the game to the level that we want to. And uh, and from what I've seen in the players this week, the, the tempo and intensity is just really a continuation of what it's been over the last uh, period of time. And we'll look to bring that to the game Saturday. Leanne, we know that Ross County only 18 points. So they're, you know, at the wrong end of the table for them. Celtic on top with 54. Yeah, a couple of games in hand for Ross County yeah. down at the bottom end as well, but I don't see them getting close to, to Celtic at the weekend. I think it'll be more than comfortable. 3-4 goals, I, I fancy Celtic to go and score. I think their confidence levels as well, their rhythm, um, they look to be in a, a good spot coming off the back of the, the winter break as well. And Ross County, you need to wonder what their mentality is like inside that changing room as well off the back of, as we mentioned briefly earlier on Derek Adams and his comments and has he really got a belief in his squad that they can go and, and grind out results or performances who knows of course out of the cup last weekend Andy what do you think is going to happen your old club it, it's a game where Celtic should be looking to, to score heavily uh, they're capable of it they've got the players they'll have the majority of the ball they'll have Callum McGregor back 
Um, and I'm sure it'll be a debut for, for Nicholas Kuhn. I'm sure he'll play alongside Kyogo and Mip Palmer on the other side. And that's a really strong um, you know, Celtic from middle to front. Um, so I can only see them winning this one really comfortably. Great. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Stay Likewise. Well. we'll see you soon. Thanks, Leanne. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Take care, thanks. Back tomorrow night at five. This is the Go Radio Football Show. Subscribe to the Go Radio YouTube channel and see the latest action from the studio. Let's go!